Welcome to Women Rise, We All Thrive, a Schneider Electrics podcast dedicated to bringing you stories of how women rise in a historically male-dominated industry. At Schneider Electric, we believe that both men and women are critical to achieving gender equality and promoting women's empowerment. We commit to act as an agent of change and build a better world where gender diversity, equality, and inclusion are real. In this podcast series, you will hear real stories of our colleagues across the globe, both female and male, on how they commit to being part of the solution and driving changes from the inside out. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast series. This is GDs, your host. In the last episode, we have talked to Lily Mauve, Regional Commercial and Transformations by President at Schneider Electric, about how we tend not to step up and claim our achievements and make ourselves to be seen to create more impact. This is a very interesting topic, and I think we can expand it a little bit more, but in a different angle. That's why in today's episode, we will talk about a relevant habit, which is habit number three: overvaluing expertise. Joining our episode today is Ruth Sear, Global Strategy and Business Development Vice President for Services Business at Nader Electrics. Hi, Ruth. Thanks for making your time. Can you give the audience a quick introduction about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Gia. Thank you for your kind invitation to do this podcast. My name is Ruth Sear. I just celebrated 30 years in May this year working. So it's a significant milestone for me. My first 20 years were spent with IBM. I, in fact, I grew up there. Those were my formative years of my career. I did technical sales, P&L management in leadership roles in country and regional. From there, I moved on to Microsoft for almost six and a half years. That's where I gained a lot of confidence as a professional. I saw the company transform from a traditional software licensing type of monetization to a cloud-based consumption model. And it was there that I, I, I learned to help customers with digital transformation and business outcome type of approach. I took a plunge from the IT world, the information technology world, to the OT world, operating technology, and that's where I joined Schneider Electric four years ago as the East Asia Japan uh, Field Service VP, leading the services business across nine countries. In February this year, after three years as the FSVP, I decided to make a, another exciting change to my career to a global role in strategy and business development lead for global field services, what we call GFS. It's my first global role, my first time doing a full-time strategy job. So everything is new to me. In my job, I think about how to grow the company, how to grow the services business inorganically. I spend a lot of time researching on innovative ways to, to fill certain gaps we have, whether it's in our commercial or in our execution side. So it's a whole different muscle that I'm exercising every day. It's very exciting for me. Thanks for the introduction, Ruth. I think that's a very inspiring career journey that you have got. Now, I think it's quite interesting when you mention that you have spent more than 20 years with the IT industry before switching to Schneider Electric, which is a different business. So what is the story behind this bold career move? To be precise, it's about 26 years in the IT industry. You're already making me feel very wow, old. Oh, 26. <laughs> <laughs> of that 26 years, 
about almost 20 was with IBM and another six and a half was with Microsoft. And one of the things that was consistent in this 26 years in IT was 20 years was with the services business. So my core skill, my experience, a lot of it is with services. And I think it was probably also this thing that brought me to Schneider four years ago. I should rewind history a little. So about five years ago, I encountered an inflection point in my personal personal life. So my mother and my mother-in-law, both very dear women to me, were stricken with cancer. Frankly, I, I went through a big journey in that. I decided to put my career on a halt for a while. By taking a four-month leave of absence, at that time I was working with Microsoft. And so on my first week of LOA, as I call it, I was having withdrawal symptoms. (laughs) I'm not supposed to work. I'm supposed to care for my mother-in-law. But I started checking my LinkedIn. And so it was amazing because usually I have a lot of in-mail and, you know, sometimes headhunters uh, invite you to talk to them. I normally don't respond. But somehow this particular one that came from an executive recruiter from Schneider, and, and I think some of you might know him, he's Tom Deacon. He wrote to me in my LinkedIn email and he caught my attention. I was thinking, who is this? What's this Schneider Electric Company? I didn't know enough about it. And so long story short, I said yes to meet him. And then I went for interview after interview and came to this role. But in my interview process, you know, I met with the East Asia Japan HRBP at the time. Of course, I was interviewed by Tommy Leung, who is the EAJ's own president. I was interviewed by Yan Reynaud, who was then the GFS commercial SVP. It became obvious that they had reservations about my background that was lacking in electrical distribution. But all of them liked my services experience, my digital transformation and my leadership exposure. So it was a situation where it's like, do I overvalue the expertise I have? Do I have to be 100% ready for changing a role to Schneider? It was was a very soul-searching time. And remember, I was going through an interesting time also in in my own personal life, looking after two very dear women in my life. So it was very interesting that finally I decided, I plucked up the courage to say, I don't have to be 100% ready. So what if I do not know what this world is out there? I do carry certain experience that I have that could be of value. In fact, it was this interview with the EAJ HRBP at that time. I asked her, why me? I asked her, why did Schneider, you know, find me? And her reply was quite interesting. She said, you have portable skills that we're looking for. And so this portable skill stayed in my head for a a while and I started thinking, yes, it's true. I may not have certain skills, but I have some skills that are very precious and important and I carry with me where I go. And it was this portable skills that I took from my previous IT experience now into OT. So here I am for the past four years, learning to disrupt every day, learning to act like owners every day. Well, wow, thanks so much. I think that's that's really a powerful sharing. And thanks for, for sharing your personal experience as well. And I think that actually naturally leads to the habit that we are talking about today, right? Which is uh, overvaluing expertise. Like uh, women tend to think that they need to be 100% ready for a role before they can step up and, and decide to take a role. 
right? So when you first hear about uh, you know this happened in Charlotte's book, what was your reaction back then? And have you seen it happening to you know colleges around you? Yeah, my first reaction when I saw the habit tree in in, in the How Women Rise book is, oh gosh, it describes me so well. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So for many years, I I, I was overvaluing expertise. I especially in my younger days when I started out. It's not just in the workforce, but even at home. You know, as a wife, as a mother, I'm the sort that have to be in control of my skills and and know how, be very thorough in the process and the steps. And if someone praised me as being very diligent, hardworking, and detailed, it makes me very happy. But as I grew older, I realized that I was killing myself if I continue like this. Especially because I, I aspire management, I, I found that my passion was to motivate people, and my career path was to move up to a manager role and leadership position. I realized that to move up, I have to let go. I have to learn to leverage others, to empower my team more, and to trust more. So you can imagine how happy I was. I, I only come to found, find out about this How Women Rise book and this whole mentoring program when I joined Schneider. That's after so many years of working. <laughs> oh, that's great. And, that's great. Yeah, and when I first got the book, I, I wasn't even you know rushing to read it straight away. I already signed up for myself to facilitate and mentor a mentoring group. But I was glad that I really took time during one of the family holidays. I brought the book along, and in one go in that family holiday, I read the whole book. And my response was, "How I wish somebody had told me this earlier." And then my second thing that I observed, of course, is um, what we also saw in the video. I remember Marshall Goldsmith himself, who is one of the authors of this book, he says, only 17% of women will go for the job, even if they are not 100% ready. When I watched that video, I got a shock on my life. What? Only 17? <laughs> so little? It tells us that we are afraid. You know, we, we often have too much reservation to stretch out our comfort zone and, and, and go for it. So my sharing earlier about how I took the brave attempt to move out of IT to go to OT, I hope it inspires you that it's possible. Now back to to the the core topic that we are talking about today, and and the entire series is about women, right? Even mm. though uh, Sean Lee and and you know Marshawn has also said that uh, some of the habits that we see in how women rise are actually happening to men as well, but these are more to be seen in women than men. Right. So for habit number three, which is about overvaluing expertise, do you think why this is more common to be seen in women than men? I actually don't think that it's more common in women than men. In fact, I, I see it both exist in men and women. Yeah. So I tend not to quite agree with that statement, but I, I may be wrong. It's true that <laughs> female tends to maybe overvalue expertise a lot. Um, yeah. Instead, I, I see the divide is more respect to certain areas, and, and I will uh, list down three for you. First one is, I think, highly technical roles. So just now to my example of people transitioning from being a very technical, right, because they enjoy and overvalue, and if they have an aspiration to become a manager and, and want to move to motivate people, the transition is very difficult for them. 
So those highly technical roles, and I think we have a lot of them in Schneider, right? Um, and as you mentioned too, you know, those people are very good. They are promoted because of what they are very good in doing for so many years. So the technical to a more management and manager role, wow, that is tough. So I see that. And whether men or women, same issue. Yeah. The second scenario I see it's more common is for those people whose character is they like to be in control. Mm. The people who are perfectionists and they have difficulty trusting others. I don't know if you know, we call them the insecure manager. (laughs) It's, It's very tough for these people to let go. They just want to, you know, be perfect and, and, and control and, and difficult to trust. So so those those will struggle a lot with this overvalue expertise habit. Okay. And and they have difficulty to allow people to experiment more. And the idea of failing is not an option for them. Uh, so those those will struggle. The third one would be, I guess, people who prefer to stay in their comfort zone. Because especially if they've been doing the same thing day in, day out, that's the only thing they know and they're very comfortable. They don't like to deal with change. Change is very hard for them. Learning a new skill is uncomfortable. So if if people are in this category, they will find that they will just keep overvaluing expertise and not move. Thanks for your insightful comment and sharing, Ruth. Now, I'm just wondering, now that you have actually, you know, overcoming this habit um, personally for you yourself, right, already, what are the advices that you would like to give to the audience who are listening to this podcast? I would give some practical advice and action, and maybe i also share a bit more in the context of uh, women, right? Mm. If you are young in your career, say within, you know, I always think that first five to seven years are where you're really learning to adjust and and become very good in what you do. So maybe for you now, yeah, you're so young, you know, maybe three years only. <laughs> for three years, and after that, you'll be super good in what you do. So three, five, seven, it, it varies by people. In the youth of your career, I say invest time in be- becoming very good in what you do. And it's the time to pick up a lot of expertise, right? Because you're new and fresh in the role. And just now I... I I also mentioned that it is important to let the younger people experiment and to some extent fail fast. So I I would say be bold to lead up to your managers and superior. By the term lead up, I mean don't be afraid to tell them there's a better way to do something. Because as as the young new uh, generation of people, you, you do bring the insights of what where the world is going, where the trend is. So I encourage you to not be afraid to lead up to your managers, to show them a better way. And of course, there might be a tendency, sometimes the older people, your managers might not be receptive to you. Don't don't be discouraged. Keep pushing. There'll be some people who believe in you and will take a, a chance or a risk on you. Okay? So, and as a woman in those three, five, seven years, it's also tricky because that's the time when, you know, a lot of us will think about marriage, yeah? I'm not saying everybody will, but most people will. And then also as part of that time, we think about setting up a family. So those are very intensive time in your life as well, trying to balance a career where you got to give it all you have at the same time, you know, build a family. So it's intense. It's intense, but you have the, the youth and passion and energy. So balancing and learning to 
you know, get some mentor who is experienced uh, through those, you know, your 20s and your 30s years of age to seek some advice would be good. Personally, I've been spending more time just mentoring young people in their 20s. Um, this year alone, I had uh, about three young women who are in this three, five, seven years of their career. They, they, they came up to me and asked me to mentor them. At first, I felt kind of funny because like the, the generation gap was quite big, but I enjoyed the session with them so much. Just exchanging ideas. I was learning from them, not just, you know, me giving to them. Now, if in your you are in your midlife in your career, say you are like more than seven years and 15 years now, you know, working, I encourage you to check yourself. Remember to stretch yourself out of your comfort zone. Make regular changes to what you do who you engage with, learn new skills, perhaps to stay relevant. The world is moving so fast, you, you most likely will need to work on this overvaluing expertise habit. Spend more time connecting with people. And if you're one of those first-line managers I talked about just now, pay attention to transitioning well from being task-oriented to people-oriented. It will go a long way to make you successful. If you are now quite matured in your career like me, <laughs> coming to 20, 30 years, you should be defining what beyond success looks like for you, which is what I'm doing. What kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Who do you want to mentor or coach? At the same time, be humble and willing to learn from the younger generation. So I think if we all, you know, based on what I just described, the three different seasons in your career, you will do well you will enjoy the journey. Thanks for sharing your personal story and offering insightful advices, Ruth. I trust that our audience are inspired and encouraged to lead up more after what you've shared today. Join the conversations by leaving your comments and see you in the next episode. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only, should not be undertaken as financial, economic, legal, business, tax or investment advice. The information, statements, views and opinions should not be construed as the provision of advice by Schneider Electric or as an offer to buy or sell any products or services or to make or consider any investment or course of action. Unless stated otherwise, or with quoted source, the facts provided in this podcast are the speaker's own observations and opinions.